yeah, I know my purpose. No, I don't. It's like purpose, purpose, purpose. I didn't even know the definition until I looked it up, to be honest. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go up on stage and I'm going to tell these kids their purpose. I'm like, ah, oh, each and every individual one of you guys, I'm supposed to tell you your purpose? I thought everyone's purpose was different. Like, I thought everyone was different. Everyone has a different purpose. And I went to my little quiet place, which is my car, where I can put praise music on and I can talk to God and stuff because um, I don't really have a choice while I'm driving. It's like I put it on, it's there. I can easily, I can easily pray and stuff while I'm doing it. My phone vibrated. And I was praying about it and I was really confused about the concept and what I was going to say and started to panic, not going to lie. And God summed it up in one word for me, one simple word that just has so much power and meaning. And it was love. And it's like, I was like, wow. Like, why did God create us? What was the purpose of making us? It's the same purpose that your parents created you guys. It's to love something. It's to share love. Like, he wanted to love something. He has so much love to pour out. And our purpose is to be loved by God. That's our sole purpose. Now, if you've got your Bibles which I've seen some of you guys come in with your Bibles, I hope. I'm going to open up, or I want you guys to open up to a scripture or a verse. Um, it doesn't really get shown often. It's like a hipster, indie Christian verse. It's uh, John 3.16. Can we have that on the stage? For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It's just like one of the wonders that God shows us how much he loves us. He loves you so much that he gave you Jesus, like the most expensive thing he had. Like he, he, could have, he didn't want to give you guys anything less than the best. He came down, he humbled himself, he got embarrassed. This is a guy that created the whole universe and he actually went and got beneath you guys to take your sin. That's how much he loved you guys. So that you guys can come back to him one day. You guys can come back to his love. I'll throw up another one there, if you guys want to switch over real quick. Romans 10, 4. We've got it up there. Romans 10, 4. 10, 4, Kimishabi. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. We walked away from God a while back. We were in the wrong. We were completely wrong. We walked away from God, turned our back on God, didn't want anything to do with him, and he still stretched out the olive branch and met us. He still came down to us. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he loves you guys. Your purpose is to be loved by God, but love goes both ways. Like, have you ever tried loving someone that hates you? Or like, doesn't listen to you, ignores you? Have you, that was a genuine question. Oofed? That's a good answer. Who's that in the back? Is that K K Kieran? I think so. What about you? <laughs> Shoulder shrug? Makes sense. I like it. It's an honest answer. Like, have you guys ever tried to love a pet that doesn't like you back? Damn. Da yeah, Dan? Like, you come home and you're like, 
you got two pets, you know, you got two cats, for example. One cat's like, oh, hey, purr, you know, and you're like, oh, sweet, this cat's awesome. You give it a cuddle and stuff. And you see peeking around the corners like the other cat. He's like, he starts coming. He's like, <laughs> off around the corner. You can't even get to him. You can't even, like, yeah, literally. You come close to him and he's just like, <laughs> disappears, can't see him. Only comes out for food. Uh, <laughs> what was that? How do you love God, you ask? Thanks, Kate. Thanks for the answer. So God sums that one up real simple. John 14, 21. Can I have that one up, please? Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Oof. You can't love your parents and not do what they say. Right? To love God... You can't love your Was that a serious question? <laughs> right, I'm going to say it again because I'm not sure. You can't love your parents and not do what they say. <laughs> to love God, you have to love Jesus and follow his commandments. Oof, I've got Romans 8.28 in there as well. I think I threw that one in. Did I throw that one in? I did. Oh, even forgot that. And we know that God causes everything to work together for our lug. For our lug. For our lug. Cause everything to work together for our good of the how's it going I'm Chris I'm going to start all over again oh thanks the crowd's alive and we know that God loves us well we know that God loves us but I read the next one and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose alright now this is the big one the home hitter that God dropped on me so if you're taking notes Please take this down. This is like the boom, the God moment that he wants, to, he wants to leave us with. Your purpose begins by loving God back. Whenever you feel lost or without purpose, seriously, if you've if you actually written that down, remember that. If you ever feel lost or without purpose, remember that your purpose begins with loving God. And if you start loving God, I promise you, and I didn't want to promise you guys, but God's like, no, nah, I promise them. I promise you, when you start to loving God back, you will get your purpose back and you will start to feel loved again. Your purpose begins by loving God back. Boom. Now, I have the absolute honor and privilege to welcome up a good man. A good man has got good songs, good lyrics. Justin Bieber. No, I'm joking. Over, overplayed joke. Too soon, too soon. Michael Wanty, the big speaker himself, the big man, big man ting. Come on up here, Michael. Give him another round of applause. Thanks, Kyle. To everyone that's thinking, is it his birthday? It's not my birthday. And that actually started like, how long ago did it start? It, no, it started with Abby. We went to Macca's one day. Who knows, who knows Abby? Yeah, we went to Macca's one day, and she was, like, just sitting there, and I thought, oh, you know what, let's embarrass Abby. So we went and organized with the Macca's people. We're like, hey, it's one of our friends' birthday. Can you guys bring some balloons? And if you can bring a cake. They said, no, we can't bring cakes, but we can bring ice cream. So they brought us cones, like free cones and free balloons, and we just sang Abby happy birthday. It wasn't even her birthday. So that's where that kicked off. So now it's stuck. Happy birthday, Abby. Um, 
So Tristan, Tristan, bro, I'd really appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Um, so before I start, we actually have heap, like quite a few new people here. Uh, I met my man Lincoln, my man Nathan. Um, well, Tupac's brother. Um, no, not Tupac. Biggie. No, it's not Caleb. It's Caleb? Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad now. It's, uh, and, and Caleb, so you guys can make those guys feel welcomed a bit later. Um, so today I was meant to be speaking on passion, um, but during the, in the week, you know, I was like, hey, God, you know, what do you want me to talk about? Um, I know I want, you want me to speak on passion. Da, da, da. Well, JL wants me to speak, speak on passion, but I actually got a different word for you guys, so hopefully you follow along. Um, so... Who's ever been afraid before? That should be all hands. If you ain't putting your hand up, you're a liar. You ain't afraid, you're a liar. Okay, cool. So, so we've all been afraid before. What's, who wants to tell us the biggest fear? Jackson? <laughs> Jackson's biggest fear is popsicle sticks. I'm not even kidding. We brought it to school and he wouldn't enter through the class door because he knew they were there. Um, so that's, that's a legit. I, I have a lot of huge fears. Um, some of my fears is like snakes. I hate snakes. I watched a video of like an anaconda swallowing something. Or, and there's another story there. But I'm not even going to go there. So I hate snakes. Um, I hate swimming. I hate the ocean, if you can guess. The Lord didn't bless me with that part. You know, there's a stereotype black people can't swim. It's not a stereotype for no reason. I can't swim. So I hate the ocean. I don't want to die. So that's why I hate the ocean. Um, something else that I hate is heights. That's my biggest fear. Um, but the reason why Kiara is screaming is because a couple of months ago, um, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to overcome my fear. I'm going to book some skydiving tickets. I'm going to go skydiving with Kiara. So I went skydiving. You know, there's stupidity and then there's, there's like, Stupidity. That, that, that was, nah, but it was good. It was something cool that I, I never regretted it. I loved it. And if you want to go skydiving, do it. It's awesome. Expensive. That's all I can say. Um, 15,000. So that's like plane. Um, yeah, that's cool. You can have a chat with me after about how high it was. But something else that I'm afraid of, one of my biggest fears, if not my biggest fear, it's something that's spoken about in scripture. You know, we all have little fears like being afraid of snakes. We have fears of, like being afraid of heights and stuff. But things, these things are, are things that we can overcome a bit straightforward if we choose to. But something that happens in scripture in, Luke, in Matthew 7 um, freaks me out every time I read it. I'll turn over if you want to chuck it up. Um, there it is. Oh, sweet. Starts at verse 21. I'll read it with you guys, and then I'll go into it. Um, so it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does, not, who, who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will... Did we skip a verse? He who does the will of my Father. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. And this is the bit that freaks me out every time. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. 
depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Every time I think about that, it, it hits me hard, eh? Because I, I'm one of those people that, that, that believes in, in doing good things and like, you know, you know, serving in this capacity and doing that. And it hits me every time when I think about the fact that, hey, I could do things as big as, you know, praying for someone and healing them. I could do something as huge as casting out demons. But one day I could get there and then God could say, get wrecked. I don't know you. You don't know me like that. Like, it hits me hard. And over the past couple of years when I started thinking about this, all it's led me to do is repent. All this, because I realized that, hey, I'm going to screw up. We're all going to screw up. But the difference between me screwing up and getting to God and saying, hey, get wrecked, I never knew you, and him accepting me is my repentance. My repentance to him and him being willing and graceful enough to, to forgive. Um, during this time of of reading this and realizing, because when you read something like that, the only, what you tend, doing, tend to do a lot is think about, oh, yeah, I screw up here. I screw up here. And I start thinking about myself in such a negative way, um, in a way that, that that's, not, that's not how God sees me. Uh, I think about the things that God calls you um, in Scripture, but then I start calling myself different things. And in my head, I started to minimize God and who he is. And in doing that, I was kind of like exalting the enemy um, because I was minimizing God and what he stands for and what he said about me. And in doing that, I started to exalt the enemy. Um, something simple. Let's th- talk about something simple. Um, this is not a digger, girls, but a lot of girls have insecurities, right? And they'll say, oh, you know what? I'm not pretty. You're just saying that. Or, you know... No, um, she's so much prettier than me. You know, God, oh my gosh, God. Like, and, and they'll say these, these sort of things. When you, you know, the scripture says that, in, in the scriptures it says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Bible also says the words of the scripture are like God's words. They are God's words. So if scripture says you're fearfully and wonderfully made and then you turn around and say, you know what? I'm not pretty. I'm not beautiful. This is not who I am. That's pretty much declaring God is a liar. That only hit me a while ago when I started thinking about this, about the idea of repentance. That when we say something as simple as, you know what? I'm not loved, but God, you even love me. That is practically calling God a liar. And it's hard and it's heavy, but that's the truth. And it happens a lot of times. Um, when, we say, when we say stuff like that, it's like saying no to God. Can you imagine how hard that is for him? And the fact is, when we say no to God, we say yes to the enemy. When we say no, I'm not, that's not me, that's not who I am. That's saying, because all the enemy is trying to do is speak lies into your life. And every time he, he does that and you say, you know what, what God says about me is not true, it's pretty much saying, what the enemy says about me is true. Can you imagine what that is like for God? And, you know, I've got my notes here and I don't want to keep going back there, so I'll keep it with me. Something that God hit on me when I was prepping this, and I, I didn't 
he didn't come up with it. He said, you know, the enemy's voice is not meant to be louder than my voice. For so, for so many of us, the enemy's voice is louder in our heads than what God's voice is. That's not the way it's meant to be. You know, God speaks to us loudly when we begin to dig into his scriptures because that's where he talks to us. That's where he says what he wants to say. Everything he has to say about you, he's already said, and it's in his word. And how you're going to know that is by digging into it and finding out. God's voice is not meant to be overshadowed by what the enemy says about you. God's voice is not meant to be shadowed by what the world says about you. God's voice is not meant to be overshadowed by what your friendship, your friendship groups say about you. Because his word is the truth, the ultimate truth. You get what I'm saying? There's a story that I heard a while ago. Um, it's about a man. Um, this dude was loved by all of his friends. He was, like, he was like the G in the gang. You know, everybody loved him. And everybody would go to his house. You know that one friend that everybody hangs out at their place? Like, who's that guy? Who's that guy in the friendship group? Everybody just wants to go to your house. Who's that? Is that Dan? Yep, Dan. Ethan's always at your house, eh? Hey? Yeah. Like, you know, people just want to go to your house. This, that was this guy. He was like, you know what? People love me. I'm on my coochie. Oh, no, it wasn't like that. People, like, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Everybody loved him. So they would hang out at his house. But the thing with this guy's house is when you go there, it's super neat. It's super tidy. Big TV screen. Football's on. PlayStation 5 set up, everything's going hard. You know, everybody's chilling, and all the boys would always go there. So the boys thought, you know what? We always go to Timmy's house. It always has to be Timmy. I don't know why. We always go to Timmy's house. So why don't we surprise Timmy um, by doing something cool for him? So they thought, okay, we'll break into Timmy's house. We'll go into his room. We'll set up a big surprise. And when he comes home, boom, there you go. Big thing. Yeah, yeah. So, they, they thought, they organized this. Timmy went to work. The boys jumped through the back window, went into the house, and to their surprise, same house that was neat and tidy in Timmy's room, there wasn't enough space for them to even put their foot. That's how messy it was. Um, when they went, they left Timmy's room, they went to the living, um, to the other side of the house, it was just as messy. In fact, the whole house was so messy, and the only clean place in the house was Timmy's living room, which is where the boys would hang out. So Timmy would only keep his living room clean um, when, when the boys came over, because that is the persona, and that is the kind of person he wanted them to know him as. Um, you know, Lockie, can you put that picture up, please? Um, sometimes in our life, we can be a little bit like Timmy. You know, in the forefront, what people see about us, it can be, man, he's so cool. Man, when I think about him, he's, he's the ultimate Christian. He's so holy. Man, that guy will lay down his life for you. He's so clean. He's so sacrificial. He, he's all of these cool things because that's what we put on. Well, when people get deeper and deeper and deeper, all they see is, you know, jealousy, bullying. Not that anxiety is a bad thing, but we hide it at the back. Addictions, depression, we're feeling worthless. 
And there's all these things that we push to the back of our minds because we don't want people to see that. So we hide it at the back. And sometimes this is how we treat God. You know, God comes in and he, we're like, hey, Jesus, this is me. I'm so cool. I want to I serve you. I want to live for you. I want you to have it all. I want you to have my life. I want you to have everything. And Jesus is like, okay, cool. I want it all. And then he goes to plug into your friendship groups. Oh, no, 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 Jesus. You can have everything apart from my friendship groups. And Jesus says, okay, all right, let me plug into that anxiety. I want it all. Let's work on that. He said, oh, no, 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 Jesus. No, not my anxiety. Oh, what about that addiction? Jesus says, let me work with that addiction for you. And you're like, oh, you know, Jesus, if you work on that addiction, it's going to bring out, you know, the side that I don't want people to see. And, you know, I'm not going to be in the limelight like that anymore. That's not who I want to be, Jesus. So, no, we, we can't work on that. And that's kind of how we treat God sometimes, where we, we, we have this, this side. If you see the face there, we're in front. This is what people see, but at the back, there's something totally different going on. And you know, God wants it all. He wants all of you. He doesn't just want the cool, the clean, the collected. He wants the messy you. He wants the anxious you. He wants the depressed you. He wants the addicted you. He wants all of you. Because only he can turn those things around. Only he can turn those things around. Your addiction, only he can help you through that. Um, your anxiety, only he can work through that with you. Um, but that's not going to happen unless you give it all up to him. That's something that's happened in my life where I've been like, you know what? God, I, I, I was addicted to so many things growing up. Um, I was addicted to porn. Um, that's not even a joke. I was addicted to pornography. Um, as, a 12, as a 12, 13 year old, I used to struggle with it. And then when I got saved, I used to come to church all the time, do all the cool youth group games, play all those kind of things. But when, in a group, when we started talking about pornography, oh, no, I wasn't going to bring that up because that's not how I want people to see me, right? And I would hide it at the back. Um, it went on for so long until guilt started creeping in. Nobody else knew what was going on, but the guilt in my heart, it was just creeping in deeper and deeper and taking hold of me. It's almost like a stronghold for me. And it wasn't until I actually decided, oh, crap, I have to speak up about this. And I started dealing with it. Now I can say, hey, you know, I've dealt with that. That's not an addiction anymore. That's not something I struggled with. But I would never have been able to say that if I didn't bring it up and allow people to speak truth into my situation, allow people to help me through the difficult times and everything like that. And that's what God's saying. He's saying, I want to work through everything with you. I want to work through your addiction. I want to work through your addiction with pornography. I want to work through anxiety with you. I want to work through all these things. But you've got to allow him. You know, I don't want anybody here to have the same fear that I had. My fear is that one day I'm going to get up to God and he's going to say, Michael, get away from me. I never knew you. That is a huge fear for me. And for some of you guys here, I know a lot of people here have given their lives to Jesus. Um, and they've done that before. But a lot of us here also are hiding things. You don't have to talk to me about it. But you know that you're hiding things. Things that you're not wanting people to see. Things that you haven't even come to terms with because you don't want to accept the fact that it's true. And you're hiding it. Um, you know, these things are only going to get better if you're willing to give it up to God. Whether it's anxiety, 
whether it's anger issues, something as simple as anger issues, whether it's getting mad at your mom for no reason, whether it's rejecting God completely, whatever it is, you're going to have the opportunity to actually say, hey, God, I've been, I've been going about this the wrong way this whole time. I want to give it up to you. I want you to have it all. I don't, you, I don't want you to go to that final day where you say, where God says to you, I never knew you. I don't want that for you, and I hope you don't want that for yourself either. The other group of people is that, you know, you don't know Jesus. Hey, let me tell you something. Who thinks that they've ever done something wrong before? Who's done something wrong? Surely everyone, right? I've done something wrong in my life. We've all done something wrong. Um, When you do something wrong, what happens? There's a consequence, right? Yes? What were you going to say? Yep, there's a consequence when you do something bad, right? In, in the society that we live in, when you commit a crime, what happens? You go to jail. Um, with, with the way God has created things, if we screw up and we, if we do something wrong, there's a consequence. Um, the consequences the Bible talks about is hell, and you've heard people talk about that. But you know, God is good, and he's kind, and he's merciful. And he says in his words, you know, yes, you're going to screw up. You're going to do it over and over and over again. I, I can tell you right now, I've lied more times than I can count on my hands and, and my feet in my lifetime. So I know that I lie a lot, but that's not who I am. Um, yours might be stealing. Yours might be negative thoughts. Yours might be something else. But there's something that, that is happening in your life that is not the way that God designed it. And the Bible, the Bible says that's sin. And it also says that, you know, Jesus came down on earth so that we can be able, so that he can take our sin upon himself, that there might be a way. Why? Because if you do something wrong, there needs to be a consequence. But God loves you too much to let you go and experience a consequence, so he's given you a way out. What's that way out? That way out is Jesus. And what Jesus actually said in, his, in the Bible is, he says, if you believe in your heart that he is God, and you declare in your mouth, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What is saved? It means to wipe the slate clean. That you know, no matter what you've done, no matter that addiction, no matter that anger, no matter that whatever it is for you, no matter what it is, God can wipe that clean. You know, and we're all going to get that chance tonight. If you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus before, you're going to get that opportunity tonight. You don't want to be in that position where you go up there and it's too late. You don't want to be in that position. You get that decision to say, hey, God, if you're real, you know, these guys are talking about you, but if you're real, you know, I want to be a part of that. I don't want to suffer those consequences. And if you're in that position where you say, I'm already saved, I've already given my life to Jesus, um, but I don't want to get on that day where God says, hey, I never knew you. Um, If you're in any of those two positions, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get Tristan to keep playing the guitar.